Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Hello, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Welcome to the show. And my name is Tamina. We're here to talk about immigration for the week. There is just so much to talk about, but such little time. Um, we have a very, very exciting guest today, and I cannot wait to introduce you to him. And because of that, I'm going to skip a couple of our segments that we usually do. But uh, we will be amiss if we do not talk about this morning's breaking news. As you may have um, listened to our show in the past and recall our discussions about executive action, um, there was executive action for deferred action for parents of green card holders and U.S. citizens, and as well as raising the age cap for children who came to the U.S. under the age of 15, but who are over 31. Now, those two deferred action programs were stalled because Texas had litigated the issue and the case had finally reached the Supreme Court. Now, on Friday, the Supreme Court was supposed to make an announcement of whether they were going to accept the case or not, and they left us hanging. So all weekend, people were just, you know, nail-biting and wondering what was going to happen. And after a very long weekend, it seemed, this morning the news came that the Supreme Court will accept the case. That is a huge decision, and it's very big news. And hopefully it will. it's in a step in the right direction direction and we will know um, whether DAPA, DACA program will actually be uh, law soon. Uh, so keep an eye on uh, out for that. We will talk more about that in the coming weeks. And you may remember our discussion with the Washington State Attorney General, who was leading the coalition for writing an uh, amicus brief. I will bring your attention to that interview, and you can go back and listen to Bob Ferguson, Washington State Attorney General, who talked about this particular issue. Um, one other news issue to bring up very quickly is last week, the Department of Homeland Security had issued final rules on the visa programs of H-1B-1 and E-3 non-immigrant workers um, and bringing them in line with various other work visas where if you apply for a renewal that you get a temporary work authorization for 240 days. You can read more about that on my blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com because it has more more information and details about that uh, final rule which actually starts um, uh, to go into effect uh, February 16th. Now, I cannot, cannot um, uh, contain my excitement for today's guest. He's a notable immigrant, and he's a notable person who has made an impact on immigration law. 
He's a famous immigrant as well, and he has done so much. I simply wouldn't be able to uh, talk enough about him, and it will take the entire show. You may have seen him on TV, on various news channels, commenting on current events. You have may you may have read his articles in the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, and many many other elite publications. I am proud and honored to announce today's guest. He is none other than a pride. And joy to both India and the United States. Vivek Wada, Vivek, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome, Thank Vivek. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's great to be here, and I hope your book is doing really well. Oh, I'm so grateful to you for writing the forward, listeners. If you didn't know, Vivek Wada is an incredible mentor to me, and he wrote the forward in my book, The Startup Visa. But before I start chatting with you, Vivek, I wanted to briefly introduce you to the listeners who may not know about you. Vivek Wada is a fellow at uh, Arthur and Tony Rem. Rock Center for Corporate Governance, Stanford University. He's the director of research at the Center for Entrepreneurship and Research Commercialization at the Pratt School of Engineering, Duke University, and he's the distinguished fellow at Singularity University. He is the author of The Immigrant Exodus: Why America is Losing the Global Race to Capture Entrepreneurial Talent, which was named by the Economist as a Book of the Year of two thousand. 2012, an innovating woman, the changing face of technology, which documents the struggles and triumph of women. In 2012, the U.S. government awarded Vivek distinguished recognition as an outstanding American by choice for his commitment to this country and to the common civic values that unite us as Americans. He was also named by Foreign Policy magazine as top hundred global thinker in 2012. In 2013, Time magazine listed him as one of the 40 most influential minds in tech. Vivek oversees research. Research at Singularity University and lectures in class on subjects such as entrepreneurship and public policy at Duke University. There is so much more to know about him. You can read more about his impressive biography and accomplishments on his website www.wada.com. That's W-A-D-H. WA.com. Vivek, thank you again for being here and taking time out of your busy schedule. I have so much to talk about with you, but we only have about 15 minutes. And、um, I wanted to dive in、uh, because our listeners would be interested in knowing a little bit about your immigration history. You were born in India. You went to Canberra for your undergraduate. You went to New York University for your MBA. In 1989, you became a U.S. citizen. Can you tell us briefly a little bit, little bit more about that? So I'm, I'm, one of the, <clears throat> I'm one of the immigrants I've been researching and writing about. That I came here to study, and and eventually I ended up、uh, starting、uh, not one but two companies. My first company employed a thousand people. My second company employed two hundred fifty people, and I contributed to the U.S. economy, you know, in a very good, positive way. I made the pie bigger for everyone. And、uh, what I documented in my research was that.、Uh, 52 percent of the startups,、uh, you know, from 1995 to 2005, were founded by people like me,、wow. who came here mostly to study, who ended up now、uh, boosting U.S. competitiveness. Wow! So can you can you tell us how that research led to your book then? Well, I had achieved、uh, success as a tech entrepreneur, and later on, I became an academic, and I was looking at the sources of the U.S. competitive advantage. Why is it that the U.S. is the most competitive land in this、uh, on this planet? Why is it that so much happens over here and no other country can can do what the U.S. can? 
and I started looking at everything from entrepreneurship to uh, the innovation systems. And then I looked at immigration because I had a hunch that there were a lot of Indians and Chinese and other foreigners starting companies over here. But I had no idea about the extent of uh, their contribution. So I got together with Annalise Saxian, who had documented that during the 1980s, roughly a quarter of the startups of Silicon Valley were founded by Indians and Chinese. And when I updated her results, we were both sort of shocked at how you know the, tre the trend that started the Silicon Valley had become nationwide. Nationwide, a quarter of the startups in, in America were being founded by uh, foreign-born people. In uh, Silicon Valley, more than half of the startups were being founded by foreign-born people. So th that's what led to it was you know, researching what makes America so great. Wonderful. So ha tell us a little bit how about the immigrant exodus. So while the U.S. is uh, a, a fertile ground for entrepreneurship, your book really talks about the brain drain problem, and you coined this term. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, America is a victim of its own success, that it brought so many people in on temporary visas and H-1B visas that it, it didn't uh, expand the number of green cards which basically over the last 15 years has created uh, a big problem for the country because now you have more than a million skilled workers and their families stuck in limbo. They're here on these H-1B visas, which allows them to be abused. You know, I take a lot of fire from the anti-immigrant groups, and uh, on one thing they're certainly right, that the H-1B visa is, you know, is caustic. It's basically toxic because what it's doing is that it's, it's allowing, creating a subclass of, of, uh, of uh, you know, immigrants who don't have the right to change jobs, who don't have the you know, right to go and come and go freely, who basically are being taken advantage of by their employers. And, uh, this, uh, and the employers are very quiet about it. They're, you know, it's sneaky the way the system has worked. So these people are stuck in limbo, um, you know, neither here nor there. They can't become deeply Americans because they could lose their jobs anytime and we have to, have to leave the country. Um, they don't have green cards, so they, they can't buy houses, you know, and live like regular people because they're worried about that. So um, what I documented was that the numbers had increased, over, had, had gone over a million people waiting in limbo. We keep talking about the 12 million, uh, you know, undocumented uh, immigrants, uh, mostly from Latin America. We don't talk about this million skilled immigrants, the doctors, lawyers, scientists, uh, you know, computer technicians who are here in limbo. So what I did was that I looked at all of the data and I said, oh, my God, the, the U.S. is about to have a severe brain drain. I, I wrote about this about seven, eight years ago. And at that stage, everyone laughed at it because America had never experienced a brain drain before and no one even knew what that meant over here. Well, India does know what a brain drain is because this, Indra Gandhi stopped, tried stopping uh, IIT graduates from coming to the United States when she was in power. That's how mm. desperate it had become. Well, the U.S. is that right now that there are hundreds of thousands of people who have left and uh, who are about to leave and go back to their home countries because they have no choice but to leave the country. So you're saying the brain drain problem is because they have no choice but to leave the country because of the immigration problem? Yes, exactly. They would love to be here, mm -hmm. but we haven't made it easy for them to be here. And they're sick and tired of working for their abusive employers. These are even the good tech companies that they work for who take advantage of them. Interestingly so, uh, enough... And people are just getting fed up with it. Why should they be second-class citizens when they have first-class skills? Right. When they are the best of the best and they can do so much better back home. The it, economy in India is booming right now. The economy in China is booming. The yes. economy in Brazil is booming. Interesting. You know, so you, there are opportunities all over the world. Why should people uh, be stuck here 
and live like second-class uh, citizens here. So you know, leaving. It brings me to two points. Um, number one is last week uh, the DHS published um, draft rules about improving immigration, the skilled immigration issue, and one of the anticipated issues was to see um, a flexible work permit, permit for people stuck in the backlog, and unfortunately that didn't happen. So there's a lot of uproar about you know not seeing that, and it's it certainly goes with what you're saying right now. And the second thing is, I know you've seen this movie called For Here to Go. Um, do you think that's an accurate uh, depiction of what's going on? Yeah, I love the movie. I mean, it really did bring to life uh, the struggles of skilled immigrants. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, I I love that movie as well, and I am putting my heart and soul into helping the movie become, you know, something that everybody can watch. And my goal is to make sure lawmakers watch it and those who elect lawmakers also watch it. So, you know, I will talk about you about that with you some other time because our time is running out and there's so much to talk about. So tell me about the starter visa. You, you mentioned that you were talking about these issues when nobody else could even fathom this and you had talked about the startup visa issue the need for it at a time when you know it was still a, a newer concept tell us more about that um, you know I've been advocating that um, we should give priority to entrepreneurs basically you know one simple way of, um, of uh, reducing the backlog would be said look anyone who now wants to become an entrepreneur or join a startup should be able to get a green card immediately anyone who buys a house and invest in the U.S. economy should be able to buy a, uh, you should be able to get a green card immediately. So this would, you know, this sort of thing wouldn't hit the political uh, turbulence that just increasing the numbers might do. So there's smart ways of doing it so we don't, you know, get the uh, nativists angry at increasing immigration. But the uh, startup visa would also create, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, jobs for Americans because suddenly you'd have a new generation of startups, tens of thousands, or maybe hundreds of thousands of new startups eventually which now employ hundreds of thousands, maybe eventually millions of American workers. It's a big boost to the U.S. economy. Why not do it? Who would complain about uh, people coming here, taking their savings, bringing investment in from abroad, and starting uh, companies that employ Americans? That's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, you have been an inspirational uh, educator on this issue for me and many others. And I thank you for your insight, your foresight, and your vocal advocacy on the issue. Now, I know that your expertise has been sought around the world. Um, You know, I know that you have spoken to government officials at various countries. Perhaps you can name some of these countries that have actually implemented startup visas. Um, for example, I advised Chile on uh, Startup Chile. I actually went there and I, because uh, um, they were trying to do things the wrong way, and I said, look, why don't we do something? Let's do an experiment. Let's try to bring the, the uh, uh, people who are leaving America to Chile. Mm-hmm. And they said, why would they ever come here? I said, well, let's bribe them. Let's <laughs> give them small amounts of money to come and do the startups over here, and let's give them visas, let's give them the things that uh, they need, and see what happens. And within three or four years, Chile has become a hub of innovation like nowhere else in the world. The entrepreneurship is booming there because they've opened the doors to skilled immigrants. So that's been a, a huge success. Now, other countries that also try to do it, they're really not doing it right. I'm not happy with many of these uh, so-called startup initiatives all over the world. They're trying to copy the wrong things, and they don't understand why uh, uh, innovation happens the way it does. But nevertheless, uh, companies are trying to f- uh, countries are trying to figure out how to boost innovation. 
Right. And, you know, I think they should be commended regardless because they are making the effort. They're making it into law and, you know, trial and error. But the U.S. is still behind. And, you know, just this past weekend, India had launched Startup India. Uh, And I think that's an amazing thing to do because maybe you see this from the people that come to you. But a large uh, uh, portion of my clients are from India who definitely want to start their own companies. And they very much are like the person, the main character in the movie For Here or To Go. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Startup India? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a good initiative. I mean, India is realizing the importance of startups. It's realizing that it's really uh, startups and innovation that boosts the economy. So it's a very smart thing to do. That they're, uh, you know, The key here is for India to remove the, the obstacles. That India doesn't need to import uh, entrepreneurs. India has more than enough people. What it needs to do is to remove the obstacles to entrepreneurship. India has right now more opportunity as far as uh, the the, uh, internet economy goes than any country in the world. We're going to see an internet boom in India over the next five years. That's going to make the dot-com boom look lame. We're going to have half a billion people coming online, becoming connected to the internet. Wide open opportunities. So with Startup India, my hope is that they remove the obstacles to entrepreneurship and they start mentoring and uh, facilitating uh, startups in India. If so... India will dramatically increase its economic growth and start leading the world in innovation. Yeah, it, it does seem so. I mean, I was reading an article that said entrepreneurs from India typically go to Singapore because of the tax implications and how difficult it is to start a company. But Start of India's initiative is to really make it very, very simple to start a company. So, you know, let's see where that goes. Now, you are somebody who is always keeping abreast of the current issues and, um, you know, CNN, all these news channels go to you. What are your thoughts about immigration and the presidential election? It's become toxic thanks to Donald Trump. Donald Trump has done more damage to this country and its reputation than anyone in recent times. Uh, uh, He's basically uh, taken it into the Stone Ages as far as thinking goes and brought brought out the ugliness of America. He's polarized the electorate. He's confused the people. He's, He's lied to them. He's deceived them. And now uh, they don't know any differently. So a lot of damage has been done. I've become pessimistic about immigration because of him and his cronies. But so we want to make sure that the Indian community comes out in force against this nativism, against this hatred, and act sensibly and, and helps uplift America. That's what we, what we must do. Can you tell some listeners who really have no idea about the political engagement and what they need to do, what they need to watch out for, are you able to provide a little bit of guidance to them? I mean, I, 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 I want to stay out of politics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No problem. As much as I feel comfortable saying about it. Okay, no problem, no problem. Well, you know, listeners, I really think that the engage we need to be engaged, and you know, just have a say. If we are going to be in this country, we need to be engaged. Um, So let me ask you this, uh, Vivek: You have been talking about cutting edge issues. Four years, you know, before people even think about it. And I think today I saw something about Bitcoin, um, you know, that's going to be, you know, yesterday's news somehow. Tell us about the, the things that you're working on that listeners would be interested in. No, I'm researching the future of technology. I'm researching how technology is going to um, help us solve the grand challenges of humanity. In other words, hunger, disease, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that, uh, health uh, energy, education, that all of these things are now solvable. We can now share the prosperity we're creating and uplift mankind. For the first time ever in human history, we have a chance to do this. This is what I'm researching, this is what I'm writing about. If uh, your listeners go to my website, wadwa.com, W-A-D-H-W-A.com, 
they can read all about this. Wonderful. So, uh, Vivek, uh, any other books coming out soon? I mean, you... We... A book coming about, about, about the future of technology and uh, how we can uplift the world. It'll be out in about five or six months, hopefully. Watch out for it, and uh, uh, I'm sure they'll find it fascinating. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Vivek. Any last words for our listeners? No, uh, let's just uh, you know do what we can to make the world a better place. That's, mm. that's the goal here. Wonderful. Well, Vivek, thank you so very much for being on my show. It's an honor to speak with you, have our listeners speak with you and listen to you and be inspired. And I hope that you continue to inspire us with your work. And I cannot wait to see what else you tell us that we don't know about yet. <laughs> so have a wonderful year and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, let's make the world a better place. That's what you heard from Vivek Wada, an amazing, amazing think tank influencer and a pride and joy of the Indian community as well as the uh, America. So I hope you will go to his website, which is www.wada.com. That's W-A-D-H-W-A.com. He is always writing about very influential inspiration issues that, you know, it's cutting edge. And if you want to know what's the future is about please go and listen to what he has to say read about what he has to say so thank you so much Vivek for being on our show you know it's very interesting um and that he, you know, the Indian community really has to be more engaged. And, you know, if, if the immigration problem is something that is affecting you, how can you make a difference? You know, my suggestion is that if you are on a temporary work visa, then, you know, there's, you can't become a citizen. But perhaps you have a family member or a friend who's sort of on the fence of becoming a citizen. Um, I would suggest that you encourage them to become citizens and to become registered voters. It's very, very important that we are all engaged in the process. And there's just about enough time to become citizens between now and the presidential election. You know, the presidential election is not just about the president. There are going to be members of the the Congress and members of the Senate that are going to be elected. And it is these members that actually pass the law. Uh, In our own Washington state, there's going to be at least one seat uh, for the the House of Congress up for grabs. So it's very important that we do our best to get the right people in in the places where they can make a difference to what affects us on our day-to-day life. And for me and my practice and my clients, uh, immigration is the issue. Um, and definitely, as uh, Vivek Wada had mentioned, you know, the brain drain, the immigration problem, it's, you know, taking people away from the U.S. So a startup visa in the U.S. is absolutely essential. So I suggest that you keep an eye out on our blog. We have some articles coming out to talk about these issues. And in the future, um, uh, 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 shows, we have some very interesting um, interviewees coming on to talk about uh, some of these issues as well. So again, uh, just to remind you that the Supreme Court is going to be listening to um, the, the the DAPA and DACA uh, litigation, uh, the case, and we hope that perhaps by June uh, there will be a hearing, and I'll talk more about the timelines of that uh, in the coming shows. So I'm afraid we're running out of time today. And if you have any questions or comments, please email me. Our email address is info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. That's W-A-T-S-O-N 
immigrationlaw.com. I would always want to hear from you, have your feedback, hear your thoughts. If you have an issue that you have a question on, please let me know. I'll be happy to look into it. Um, you know, our website is watsonimmigrationlaw.com. Uh, you can always find out our contact details at desi1250am.com as well. That's www.desi1250am. And please make sure that you tell your family and friends about the radio station. Um, there is uh, so much that is going on at the station with 24-7 music that you may have grown up with, you haven't listened to, new music. It's a really exciting time in Washington State with this brand new radio station that's connecting the community. Next week, there'll be more immigration updates and we will have a very special guest joining us. Sign up to our blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com to learn about the guest in advance. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I hope you will spread the word of the show, Immigration with Tamina Watson, talking about news updates, interviewing notable immigrants, interviewing notable people making an impact on immigration, and also taking your calls. So write down the number for next week, which is 206-414-7674. You can call into the show next week, and we'll talk about some of the things that are concerning you. Thank you again to our wonderful and special guest, Vivek Wada, for being on the show today. This is Tamina Watson with Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250.